<laughs> You'll like my friends. The good listeners. Good news ahead. Here's a break. It's Bull Hornback. Feeble to stick. Scores. Game winner for the captain. Packers Lord Packer ties the game. In front, Patterson scores. What a finish. Shot be bad. Saved by Kimco. Daniel Sedin to Hammond. He scores. Back to the exit, he shoots, he scores! Kevin the exit! Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Next Nation podcast. My name is Jazz, and as always, I'm joined here with my good friend, Gravier. How's it going, Gravier? Ah, it's going pretty good. Uh, thanks for you hosting our uh, in-house recording for, ten- for today as we watch the Canucks game here, and uh, it's all done with, so we... We can get on with the week. Yeah, no, that is for sure. Um, this week, I just want to start off by just um, acknowledging the fact that uh, Walter Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's dad, passed away. So just want to give my condolences out to the, the Gretzky family. All right, well, let's move into the uh, first game uh, here. Let's get right into it. This week, a much better week. Uh, the Canucks were 3-1, uh, and one. Um, won two games in a row as well. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we did predict on uh, this week. Uh, you said zero and three or zero and four. I did zero <laughs> <laughs> and four, and I said one. And, I said one, three, and one. I think you said one. I three was and the one. closest, yo. <laughs> yeah, the record, but we underestimated Canucks this week. They've definitely, uh, they definitely put on a show this week. Yeah, played very, very well. Uh, you know, uh, this is definitely looking like a different team as from what we saw uh, in the couple of weeks prior. Um, let's start off with that first game uh, against the Jets. Um, like a 4 nothing score. Yeah, 4 nothing score. Demko gets his first career shutout. 27 saves. Um, great start. You had three goals on seven shots in the first period, right? Uh, Miller gets on the scoreboard. Hoglander. Schmidt and then the question is can the Canucks keep the lead and win <laughs> that was going to keep to mind is there going to be a, a comeback from Jets you know that's, that's the back of my head as a Canucks fan um, it was great amazing game this, this is actually probably the best Canucks game this season I, I agree I, yeah yeah. Uh, there was a player that not a lot of people were talking about that played really good I think this Gaudet gets a two point game um, he's always really close. He's got so many chances to score almost every game. Um, you know, I wish he had you know three or four goals already, but you know, he's, there's effort and he's trying, and um, it's good to see that. But uh, the big thing about this game was uh, Canucks stayed out of their penalty box. Like they were when they were checking and for checking, they weren't they're using their feet and they weren't just being lazy and getting penalties and stuff like that. Especially you know um, Tyler Myers, who's most penalized player in the Canucks he's he's visiting the penalty box on, on every game um, but yeah only two only a penalty in this game for Canucks uh, power play was solid they they got a goal on power play um, just overall I, I'm happy with this game I think it definitely gave me a little bit of a hope but not not to a point where I think you know our Canucks able to make the playoffs here but uh, you know just keep riding on this winning streak and get some know good things going but i'll get your input on this game as well yeah well uh pd had another uh, two-point night and Besser's getting points so your top your top players are, are are getting their points um hoglander man like 
what can we say about this kid? Like, it's been a complete surprise. Um, so great to see him doing this well. Um, just fantastic like absolutely fantastic like this was definitely like you said one of the best games that the the canucks have played um like a full 60 minute effort um even though they were outshot you know they, it was it was a good game um a lot of giveaways as well in this game but still they were defensively very very sound um it's it's just great to to see a game like this where they where they come out and hello Beck has kind of uh you know been a, a goalie who's always been a thorn of the side he hasn't looked good this year I think uh, Hellebuck won Vezina last year. I, he hasn't looked he doesn't look that great this year. Yeah, he did win the the Vezina he last said, year. You're correct. Yeah, he so many soft goals. I know the one on Tanov uh, a few weeks back. He sh- uh, Tanov shot it from like the half rink shot almost. <laughs> goal His first goal is a flame. Yeah, first goal is a flame, and uh, yeah, it kind of, whatever it helps Canucks get goals on Jets, I guess. But um, what was your um, well, how did you feel about the next game here against Winnipeg? Was it back to back? Yeah, the next game, it was kind of felt like, uh, okay, you know, we had one really good game. And then the next game, it just looked like the same Canucks team from the the previous past couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if maybe that's just like, you know, the way that this season has gone when you have uh, two games in a row, the second, it always ends up being a split. Um, You know, it's not always like a a sweep or whatever you want to call it, but not a very strong game by the Vancouver Canucks in, in, in my opinion. I know a lot of people were talking about um, Braden Holtby getting the, the start and not going back to, to Demko. Um, and I was originally on, um, you know, I was saying that as well, where I felt like, you know, um, Holtby, not Holtby, Holtby shouldn't have gotten the start and it should have went to Demko. Um, but, you know, that didn't happen. And, you know, when you look at the big picture here, um, you got to you gotta tip your hat to, to Travis Green. Um, you know, he's... You know, for everybody saying, um, you know, was taking shots at him, saying that you know he may, you know, his job's kind of been on the line this year, and and he's definitely pushing the right buttons right now. Um, but overall, I feel like the this was maybe another game where you could say there where the Canucks didn't kind of get the bounces as well. Um, what, what's your what's your take on this game? Uh, for this one, I th- I'm not gonna say that Holpi played a totally bad game. Um, I'm going to say that. The Canucks players did not help him out. Um, you know, we saw that Sutter who gave away the puck, right, to uh, Perot. I think it was, and he's got the two and one, I think two one goal from Jets. I think um, the Canucks were pretty dominant on the, on the power play. I think just five on five, they couldn't generate a whole lot, and it's hard for like a goalie like Holpi to, you know, put on, you know, get the get the ball rolling, make saves. I know he didn't look that sync in this game. Like his timing was off. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it was just the overall team game wasn't there. They weren't playing like a really good dominant game defensively either. Um, you can't really blame the goalie too much on this game. I just um, I don't blame them playing Holtby because it was a back-to-back. Um, gives Demko a rest, but um, yeah. It's clear we know who our starter is now. Yeah, yeah so, for sure. Um, the yeah, you, I would agree with you where you can say it wasn't Hopi's fault. But uh, the one thing that I've always been a knock on for me for Hopi is like, you know, that timely save, that that big stop that you need to kind of swing the momentum back. Um, but yeah, this game was basically what we had seen and we're like, okay, here we go again. And then uh, moving into the, the next Toronto game, um, you know, 
my my jaw kind of dropped watching that game but at the same time i was stressed out the whole time because with all of the games that we've seen and all of the times where the canucks have been up and then um you know um every time the other team kind of would score you know especially in the toronto game the minute the toronto came and they scored a goal and we're like oh no here we go again um but again like another solid performance overall like it, it really seems like the mental part of the game is really starting to come up where you know they're starting to kind of get that belief back where they can finish the game strong like um let's let's move on to the next game in in, in toronto because that was a bit of bit of a surprise for me but you know i think it started with demko i'm gonna say like i honestly believe the canucks can win this game you had the leafs game who were playing calgary in the previous night so you obviously they're coming and traveling and they're tired they're you know they're not probably not gonna play their a game um you know i was feeling good about the canucks right now to win this game obviously it was tough seeing pd out in the lineup um not sure what's going on with his injury we all we know is an undisclosed injury but um this game i'm always gonna remember this was vertan's night he gets the two goals he's finally using his speed his shot combo like we've been waiting for this whole season for him to just blossom and do something with his team. Give us offense. Give us something. You know, um, garbage goals. <laughs> like uh, barely. Like I'm okay with that. Like that's all we oh, need to see from him, right? I would say garbage goals. I, I was. I would like he drove to the net with the speed, with the shot. Like that's just two, two skills that he has, and he used. It. What I mean by garbage goals is, is those dirty goals, right? They're not highlight real goals, but yeah. you drive to the net and it ends up going in, right? Like exactly, it's just yeah. a, maybe garbage is not the the right word that I should use. It, a goal is a goal, yeah. but it was just a, it was a dirty goal where he just went to the front of the net, and yeah. so many times we've seen him where he where he has that speed and he just stops and pulls up, but this time he just went to the net. Yeah, and I want to see more of that. Um, on the second goal, he he took a perfect shot, like went top corner. And not even the goalie could do anything about that. So good, good eye, good vision for Vertanen on that one. Um, Demko, once again, stellar. You know, puts up a nine six nine save percentage. He comes in hot, and uh, this team finally beats the Leafs. No more confidence to this team. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say that this does not change my idea of Vertanen. I still believe that they should trade Vertanen and get him to a different team. And uh, yeah, he puts up what he has got three goals of the year now, and it still doesn't change anything. I just feel like it's good that he chipped in in this game when they didn't get too much offense. I know um, power play was really good, but uh, the other thing was the giveaways. The giveaways were pretty solid. They only gave away three three times in the game. Um, just overall team effort and. Uh, Power play was cl- clicking uh, again, right? Feel good victory uh, as a Canucks fan, I would say. Yeah, um, my take on Jake is I think he's played, he's been playing better in the last couple of games. Um, and the thing with him has just always been consistency. That is that effort always there. Um, if he keeps playing like this, um, where he's noticeable, I, maybe they don't end up trading him. But I'm on the same boat as you, whereas like you know, um, it's it's time to maybe get something for Jake. I don't think he's going to be fitting in into the plan long term. Um, but yeah, just a, a good game by Jake overall. And, um, you know, Bo Horvat is, is starting to to pick up his play as well. Um, now, um, you know, this game kind of leads into the um, 
conference that we had with uh, our GM, Jim Benning. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of wanted, I, I will dive into that in a little bit, but um, the one thing in this game that I felt like stood out to me is Demko. Like, like we are now seeing that Demko that we saw in the playoff bubble very very strong and now you just have to ride them because if there's you know playoffs chances are still looking very very slim it's going to be very very hard um but this week is a good starting point for that to kind of get claw try to claw back into this good race job, yeah. but demko's gonna be leading the way like we know who our goalie is um you know like in the past couple of games like he's had a like over a 940 save percentage like just been absolutely stellar um you know and um definitely helping on the penalty kill as well like most often at times teams that are really good penalty killers their their best penalty killer is the goalie and we're really seeing that here from from demko here like just the numbers just prove it himself like in that toronto game you know like save 31 of 32 shots you know for me, I feel like Demko is going to be that difference maker, and um, we're we're seeing why we walked away from from Markstrom, you know, and and it, it was a good call to make. Um, overall, just a, another another good solid game by the Canucks, and this is how they got to play. They're going to have to play like this every single game for them to have even a slight as a chance to kind of crawl back into the picture. Uh, I just wanted to uh, just wanted to add more. You're talking about Markstrom here, but. Uh... If, if Canucks did keep Markstrom and Tanev, how better would this team be, you feel like? Because we're talking Markstrom replaced by Holpe. You can say Tanev replaced by Schmidt. Would this team be better or would, would they be the same? I think in the short term, they probably would have been better. But then again, like you gotta you gotta look at the contracts that are signed, right? So, um, would they have probably been a better team? Yes, because it's you could see early on in the season there was something missing, something lacking, um, you know, where they were kind of in this snowball kind of a role. Um, yes, I definitely feel like it, they would have been better. Uh, Quinn, I feel like Quinn's been the one who's who's been hurt the most by town of leaving. Uh, you can clearly see that um, his his gameplay has kind of dropped because he, not only does he have to worry about the offensive side of things, he has to worry about the defensive side of things. And Quinn last year was able to be a much better defensive player, in my opinion, because you had that steady partner. Like, he had a partner that you can depend on. Whereas with this year, he's had so many different partners. You know, Ben, Chatfield, like, even training camp for him. Like, he was all over the place. Every time he was playing with somebody different. So you know and, and he's still gonna get his money even though defensively he hasn't been that sound but um even i think we're starting to see a change in that as well um but i think uh i think we made the right call by letting markstrom go um but i feel like out of the two i felt like tanev was the one who um probably made a more would have made a bigger impact on this team um because that's that's what we were missing very early on we we're missing it you were missing that steady that steady defenseman that kind of would just calm down the rest of the team um but again i'm 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 100 supporting uh the fact that you let uh markstrom and tanev walk because in the long term it was just not gonna work out um but there are holes on this team like there are still holes on this team yeah um i feel like the team would have been a little bit better i'm going to say that if you look at the stats for this year markstrom stats you got eight wins six losses yeah 909 save percentage uh if you compare that with hopi's stats four wins six losses 
893. So you get you'll get a little more wins from Markstrom. But the way I, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw you on what you said about uh Tanov. He does make Tanov does make um Hughes a better defensive player. I think the offense will still be there. But uh Schmidt so far has eight points in 27 games. Tanov has only got four points in 24. So in terms of is chemistry gonna we don't exactly know what the results would be if they kept both of them but in terms of like what i think the canucks would have been a little bit better if they kept both players and and um you know it's it's hard to see that you know there's no ten of in the lineup and he was kind of the you know the daddy in the group where you know that he would bring everybody together and and they would you know and they were so happy when this when he scored that goal in uh, the playoffs yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was like, that was amazing, right? But uh, I just want to go to Mark, back to Markstrom here. What did you say Markstrom's save percentage was this year so far? Uh, so right now, uh, before the Saturday game, I'm going to say I got 909 save percentage. Okay. Now I'm going to throw something out here at you. Okay. Now, Demko, mm-hmm. 913. Mm-hmm. So and it, it definitely feels like Demko's been able to just pick it up. So yeah. I, th- I feel like that's why this team is now starting to play a little bit better because Demko's starting to play like how he was in the bubble. And that's it's it makes a big difference when you know that you got someone back there in the net that's going to kind of mop mop it up. Yeah, I, but, I feel- um, if they kept Markstrom and they had Demko, would they play Markstrom more? I feel and like it would have been a 50-50 split. As it is right now, I feel like. But then again, you can you can go back to the fact of saying where it you know it's it, they made the right call by letting yeah, Markstrom go. I, I agree. I, I think it was a good choice for them to go Markstrom. Like if if Demko comes out of this season where we see he's at the same level of Markstrom, but the Canucks don't make the playoffs, I'm okay with that. I, I feel like I'm okay with that because we have somebody who's younger and is playing is being able to play at the same caliber. So. Um, no point of uh, re- uh, you know reminiscing of what could have been, what would have yeah. been. We we got to deal with what this team is now, and yeah, and it, it was a gamble, and it, that gamble hasn't paid off. Um, but the reason they were in this position is um, because of Jim Benning. And uh, after this Toronto game, we did have um, Jim Benning come out and did a, a press conference, <laughs> and uh, oh my God. The anticipation was big. I was hyped. I was looking forward to it. I was like, I wonder what Jim Benning's going to talk about. Is he going to give us a little bit of information on what's going to happen trade deadline or, you know, it's something that we don't know. And uh, I was excited. I I think it was like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. when he It was 10, 10 a.m. Yep. And I was up and I was watching and um, I was just, I just have way too much. It just, it, to be honest, it did not feel like I got anything out of the press conference. I didn't feel more confident. I did not feel confident. I didn't feel good about the team. I just felt like Jim Benning was trying to avoid the questions and downplay what's going on in the season. Yeah, well, um, I kind of had a feeling that this, this was that was kind of the way that it was going to go. Um, the biggest thing for me is that there's never been any accountability that's taken. Right, and never at any point was any accountability taken, and uh, lots of really, really tough, good questions were asked. But like you said, he he dodged he dodged a lot of them. Um, I don't know if you were able to hear the one on one that he did after with sports on Sportsnet 650 at 11, but a lot of the it was the same spiel where 
there's just no a lot of excuses is what I'm hearing. You know, instead of taking accountability for something, there's a lot of excuses that I'm hearing. And the thing that frustrated me the most is let's go back in time. Let's go back to 2016. In 2016, we were hearing in about two years is when we'll be able to, we'll be a good team and we'll be able to contend and, and yada, yada, yada. Five years later, Oh, in two years is when we're going to be a good team. Like I'm, I'm sick and tired of this, the spiel, like, Oh, in two years, like we have to have patience. We have to have patience. You've been the GM for seven years and it's like, how much more time do you need? And I get, you've done a lot of really good things for this franchise as well, but you've, you've missed the boat a lot. And I think what this, what this city was craving was some kind of accountability you know like and i understand he's not gonna say oh yeah i fucked up you guys should fire me but it's just some kind of accountability um like you have some really really good points here and i, I want to pass it off to you because yeah, so um i watched the press conference at, at least three times <laughs> um it's just like so many excuses with the season he he said that one week training camp just you know didn't have enough time bleeding schedule the lack of practice time and just the whole COVID situation with the whole league. I'm just like, every other team has the same same thing. Like, you're on even ballpark with, like, any team, any team in, the NBA, in the NHL. So, you know, like Minnesota, who had a four-game postponed because of COVID. And they're playing fucking amazing. Like, they are, like, in the playoff position right now. And there's, there's no way you can blame the schedule or COVID situation because your team's doing bad. Like, every, everybody else is doing fucking has the same amount of schedule, same amount of games. And it's not acceptable for that. And I was expecting a little more from bending in the in the press conference. Um, you know, especially if your team's been fairly healthy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Big one. Yeah, like in past years it's always been an excuse of like, you know, oh well Tanev was injured, Adler was injured, we probably would have been better, yeah, yeah. But the team has been primarily very healthy. Like yeah. you didn't you haven't had a lot of COVID cases. Yeah, you had JT Miller in the beginning, but you know, it was it was you had everybody that was there. And um it's just I'm sick and tired of excuses. And one thing I just wanna point what I wanted to say is when Jim Benning, whenever he does any kind of press conference, is what the fuck is he looking at? Like he never looks into the camera. He's always looking up in the sky and thinking about it just makes me laugh sometimes. Staring at like the wall, just waiting for the whole press conference to finish. <laughs> he, can go, he can go hide, and just... it just looks like he doesn't want to be there. Like yeah. he's a re- he's not that great of a public. I don't know. Every time I, I see Jim Benning, it's like I always like, what is he looking at? Where is he look? He's never he never looks into the he's never looking into the the camera. I just feel like there's it's like you know some I don't know what he's just staring off into space. Um, just trying to pull some something, you know. Yeah, like, what was her um, What was her response to when he said that Horvat played his best hockey? Um, yeah, Hor- Horvat played his best in the bubble. He did not play his best. He has not been playing his best hockey right now. Just look at his point totals and 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 whatnot. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. Like Horvat was a beast in the playoffs. He was a point per game player in the playoffs. Was just racking up the points. And you're gonna just come here in front of like you know we're not a stupid fan base we are smart we are intelligent hockey fans like we know what the hell we're talking about here and Bo Horvat I get it like he played goes up and plays against the toughest teams but you can't say that this is the best hockey he's played the best hockey he played was in the playoffs that was Captain Bo that's the best that we've seen Bo Horvat play ever is he starting to turn it around sometime this week uh yeah but you can't say that Bo Horvat's been absolutely 
on top of his game, you know, to be absolutely on top of his game, that's Bo Horvat scoring goals, putting pucks in the net, creating chances. I don't know what Jim, like, I don't know what Jim was watching. Um, he, he, he talked about Brock Besser and Brock Besser, hundred percent, right. Brock Besser looks faster out there, stronger up against the boards. Like he seems like he, he has it. Like everything's just come together this year for him. So hundred percent agree with him on that. But saying that Bo has played the best hockey of, you know, this is the best that you've seen Bo. No, we haven't. I don't know what your take is. Oh, on. I think it's pretty good, but like the playoff bowl, the, the, the player who schooled out like St. Louis blues with this deking and his highlight real goals. We haven't seen a highlight goal from Horvat this year, but I think most of Horvat's goals have been on the power play where he has a spot and he does a one-timer from the, from the net. I think that's, Led to so many goals for Horvat, but I don't think it's the best hockey compared to his playoff uh, experience. But uh, I also wanted to add, even in the press conference, uh, the only thing I found out kind of was really po- like that was really confident, and I felt like okay, so I found I got something out of this this press conference that he believes in the coaching staff, he believes in Travis Green, and his words were, "I am not looking to make any coaching changes," and. You know, it's, you know, he believes. I, I feel like there's a there's a contract coming, Green's way. Um, either way, if the if they don't make the playoffs, there's still being contract, I feel like. So I was going to get your opinion on that. Yeah, well, um, I am i don't have any grief with Travis Green. My grief is with Jim Benning. <laughs> um, but I feel like Travis Green has done uh, a really good job. He's done the best that he can with, with what he has. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Travis Green, I don't know how much more worse off this team may be. Um, like I said, you cannot say that Travis Green w- went from a genius in the playoff bubble to, oh, he's an idiot. So he is a good coach. Travis Green is a very good coach. And I would still give him the benefit of the doubt, even if they had a, a completely crap season. Um, you know, Even after this week, if they just start losing games like no tomorrow, I am okay with giving Travis Green a get out of free jail card um, because this has been the first time where he's had players on a team that can kind of compete and be competitive. You can't count the the seasons he's been a coach pre- from previous to last season. He didn't have anybody. There was there was nobody on that team. That team was it was a it was a bottom house team and last last year they definitely punched above their their weight class and were, were able to go into the second round but that was because of the game plan that travis green came up with and the structure that they played and now we're starting to see that string that same structure that they're playing with now and it's starting to come together so to me i do feel like you have to re-sign travis green and if you don't re-sign travis green i promise you this we will see him in seattle <laughs> oh my god that's that's a that's a bold statement right there. That's my hot take. Yeah, that's I feel take, yeah. that's my hot take. If we do not sign Green, I feel like Seattle will be the first yeah. one to sign him. And I also feel like if Canucks owner d- does decide to fire Jim Benning in the offseason, we don't know if Green is going to still be on the team. He could say if if uh, Akleides decide to hire whoever they want to hire as a GM, GM could say, okay, we don't want this coach. We want to try a different coach. I could. I'm very scared about the fact that what if Green says, I don't want to coach here. Yeah. 
So there's a lot like of- that you you have that risk. Like you're taking him up right up to free agency. Like he's he's gonna be a free agent. Like you know if he could very easily be like, yeah, I don't want to coach here. Right. So that's one thing I'm scared of. And and we've seen with this past season with all the free agents leave. Um, and he's been uh, pretty invested in like the whole like the whole Canucks, you know, whole team, whole team. Yeah, he has been. And I don't see him walking away that easy, you know, but um, I think he's still going to remain the coach for many years to come. But uh, I also wanted to follow along through the press conference. Um, the one thing that really annoyed me in the press conference was Jim Benning when he said, you know, we live day to day. You know, we wait to see where we are at. I feel like, you know, you can go back to 2016, 17, where the whole plan was to build this team to a playoff position. And now, you know, we've been to a playoff and now this team is not performing, you know, as expected. And we, is, is this team was built for the playoff or was this team built for the cup? And that's my question to Jim Benning. And um, it's just like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. His plan is to, he doesn't have a plan. I don't feel like he has a plan this year. I think it's mostly just go along with what's going on. Go with the flow. That's, that's the scary part. part. Yeah, because now you make the playoffs. Now it's like, oh, shit, how do we go to the next level? How do we make this team a cup contender? And then that's the biggest challenge with the Canucks um, this year is this team has not been as good as last year. And Your thoughts on his uh, his Louis Erickson comment? Yeah, that too. So <laughs> with the Louis, that's like near the end here, but... Uh, uh, the other thing was before that he said that we are going to be, we're going to have patience. Like how much patience do you need? Like we got Vertanen who played his 900th game, <laughs> or sorry, 300th game. Uh, Horvath's 25 years old, Besser's 24 years old. So you have your your core piece who are starting to grow older, more mature. Now it's like how how much do you have to wait till this team becomes a contender? You know. You got to build around them. And the problem is, is there's no money though. Like you've blown money in other areas. And um, like, I don't know how you're, you're going to kind of fit everybody in even yeah. next season, like next season. Now you have Demko who's starting to play lights out. He's going to want money, even though he's an RFA, you're going to have to pay him. Um, and you're kind of hoping on a prayer that, you know, Seattle takes, you know, one of, one of your players, but you know, like what if they end up not taking, yeah. They uh, can take anybody. Great. They can take anybody. It's totally up to them. Who can over and take a forward instead of their goalie? Of course they can. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and, and this, we'll, so this goes along with the next thing that was going on in the press conference was um, all these players that are not performing their bottom six is because of Louis Erickson. And the reporter asked, looking at Louis, do you have any regrets signing this contract? His response is no. <laughs> and, uh, I'm drinking my water as I was watching this press conference. I'm drinking. And when I heard no, and I almost spat all over my laptop, <laughs> all over everything. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the reason why you can't sign anybody. Blue Erickson's $6 million contract is the reason why you are in a cap hell right now. There's a reason why you can't sign Tyler Toffoli. You cannot make the moves you want to make. It's because you just say you regret this, making this move. Maybe at the time, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, made sense at the time. You know, you have your Sedins, you needed somebody to play with them. You know, you had, they, they played in the Olympics. Louis Erickson was good with them. And then after that, this is just like, this team is not good. Yeah. Or you could just make it seem like you don't have to maybe say regret, but you, you could have said, you know what? Um, 
it, it hasn't worked out the way that we wanted to or in hindsight you know if i had a chance to do it again i, I would do it again um you don't always know how things are going to play out and how players are going to perform but it's just it comes back to the fact where when i feel like jim benning makes a decision he's going to stick to it he will never try to fix the bad decision right um like jake Vertanen drafted by him but we're not going to trade him it, it comes down to the same thing where it's if for some reason it just feels like jim always has to whether it's a player that he trades for you got to sign him again right um it just comes back down to like look if you you make a pick you trade you keep trade somebody or you, you get somebody in a trade like gabranson right like yeah. re-signing him like what was the point of that or you you trade for you trade for sutter and then you sign him to a, a contract and that's burning you even though sutter's been playing very very well he's a he's a good player there's value there but you overpay him and it's just all these um these times where you've overplayed players when you haven't have to and it makes no sense to me where you can have you can resign you can sign Bo Horvat to a, a good deal you sign Brock Besser to a good deal but then you have all of these other bad contracts it just absolutely boggles my mind where it's like who's who's doing these contracts and I get it sometimes you do have to overpay for a player especially at that time for free agency you have to overplay pay for a player but it's this is what's come back and it's biting you in the butt and you're not taking any kind of accountability at all um it's just i'm sick and tired of this this management using excuses is it me or does jim benning make trades makes makes unexpected trades more often than the trades that he needs to because we never saw that um the gabranson trade was at least like we never expected that to happen no you know we want the ham hughes um, and uh, was it Ham Hughes? And there's another player that was supposed to be traded. Actually, one of them got traded, but Ham Hughes was supposed to be traded in the trade deadline. Didn't happen. We expected it to happen. Yeah. The, the reason and, that the reason that didn't happen is Trevor Linden said is because they had gotten. Um, I think uh, it was supposed to be with Dallas, but Dallas ended up getting Chris. Chris, I think his name's Chris Russell. Chris Russell yeah, they got yep. him. Yeah. And then there, Dallas did come back. But uh, they were giving them like a fifth or a sixth round pick, which just didn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. The, it, you know, and I, and I understood that because it's like if you're just giving away a player just for the sake of giving them away, it doesn't you know then the next time when it comes to negotiating, you're not gonna have the the, the power for it. So. Yeah. But there are situations where it's like you gotta. It's about trading a player at the right time and get the most value getting yeah. most value out of it yeah you he holds, it. he holds on to the players way too long and and then they start to lose value and then that you know example like vertanen vertanen ben hutton ben hutton yeah right ben hutton was a big one like you were hearing uh ben hutton possibly being in that i believe it was it was it the berry deal where it was getting kicked around yeah yep. yeah and it's just you know you're like and I, the one thing i never got is um, I really wanted someone to ask us in the press conference of why they felt they had to give Jake the kind of contract they had to give him. Like that, the way that the, like what the process, like what was your process behind that? Like, it, it seems like this, this management has a very bad process in place. Like they, you know, like what was your process behind signing um, Jake for that, that for that much? So when the, like obviously Jake for was RFA, they, he got about 2.5 million dollar like contract but yeah uh, cap it's 2.5 but it was no issues. like it's fine it makes sense that's probably what he deserves right like he got what he deserved and um but the but the whole thing was that their idea was taught or their whole idea was return is supposed to be their top six that was their whole plan and to replace to fully 
and you know put up maybe more than 18 goals that was their whole idea their whole plan but it didn't work out now he's only got three goals um but but the good thing is that contract is is a contract tradable you no, get... because it's backloaded. Yeah, so backloaded. So the th- the second year is what three million? Three three points. Uh, yeah, three over three three point four million or something like that. And the first year was like one point seven. So that's the issue with trading a player like Vertanen is that a lot of teams don't want to take on that take on that cap it for the next year. It's not a it's not the cap it. It's the actual real dollars. Real dollars. Yeah, but they still look at that and and it's hard for you. Also, have to take a player back, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's because of the there's you're having the actual cash dollar spent next year is three point four million, and there are some teams that will probably look at that and be like, yeah, I don't think Jake's a three point four million dollar yeah. player, right? So, um, it's it's more of a cash thing than a cap thing, um, and that's why you're hearing it may make more sense to. I Harman Dahl did a great topic of yeah. buying out uh, buying out Jake, which we talked about on the last podcast. So yeah, won't go into that again. Um, no, I think it's 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 good to just keep him for now, and I'm still having the lineup. I feel it's more 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 useful than just try to buy him out. You know? No, I wouldn't buy him out. Um, but right resort, yeah, yeah. Like right now, his value is very very low. So. Um, I, I don't think you can do anything with that. Um, anything else? Anything else with the press conference? No, I think we covered everything here. Um, so let's uh, segue into the tonight's game. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the game against the second game against the Leafs, uh, Hockey Night in Canada game, four four p.m. start time. I absolutely hate that one. <laughs> We're the home team, and it's a four p.m. start. Five job. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. It's Toronto, and you know more viewers and whatnot. So yeah, but um, it, it kind of sucks though. It's always it's always dictated by by whatever Toronto does. But that's a whole other spiel that we can go on forever for. But uh, this game um, again, um, I feel like the this season for me has been the Canucks score and then you stress out. <laughs> they score first and you stress out for the whole game yeah. you're just stressing 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 um and the the biggest takeaway for me this game is they were down and they came back and won like we have not done that at all this year yeah we've never been down by one goal and and been able to come back in the third so uh another great game to put all in their belt effort, yeah whole team and it's gonna help them out so mentally like yeah. you know you you win two in a row against the best team in the league yeah and they do this without Pedersen in the lineup, which is even more impressive. Very, very impressive, yeah. And do you have Edler's NHL game? Um, impressive that he's only been with one team to do that. It's really hard to, really rare to have a player like that to do that. But I was hoping he would score, get his 100th goal in his 100th game. If he wasn't injured as much, he'd probably hit the <laughs> thousand mark. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this game was solid. Like It felt like a playoff game. Um, you know, the even though with a Pedersen in the lineup, you had Miller put up three points. Besser put up three points. Horvat put up three points. So the players that are in your core just getting a job done. And uh, and then once again, Demko, amazing play. He's so consistent right now. Like he deserves a ten ten million dollar contract as a point. Obrovsky's <laughs> contract, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, I don't. I I think uh, they'll probably give him a bit of a, a bridge deal, and that's you know with if Demko keeps playing like this, like I don't know where the money's gonna come from because you're gonna have to sign Demko, Petey, and Hughes, and you know none of them are gonna take discounts. Like no one's gonna take a million dollar discount. Maybe like fifty grand or maybe hundred grand, but no one's taking like you know if if I'm 
you know, put yourself in, in, in a player's position. If you're PD or Quinn Hughes or Demko, you're going to be like, I want the most money that I can possibly get. So it's going to be very interesting how they dance around the cap because yes, they are all, they are, all of them are RFAs, but they're still going to need raises. Like, especially Quinn and PD, we're, we're looking at, you know, plus eight mil easily. And, uh, you know, Demko, it's his first year where he's coming around, but I think he's going to be maybe a three, four million dollar player as well. So your, your cap space is going to get eaten up very, very quickly, but it's it's great and absolutely great to see Demko performing like this you know 37 37 stops 37 of, of 39 um you know was uh was just good on the uh, on the pop like again this penalty the penalty kill has just been amazing the penalty, penalty kill, kill is, yeah, like the power play even two for two 100 percent in this game 100 percent, and uh not that many turnovers in this game as well um and the biggest thing this year has uh, you know, it's always a stat that the Canucks have normally led in is their face-off percentage. Like they're winning, they're winning draws. Like they're always a fifty percent. Even even when they lose a game, it seems like they're still doing better in the playoff cir circle. So, um, very well put together game. And um, finally, I'm, come back. Finally, a comeback. Yeah, only like a back-to-back -back win as well. It's been so long since they won back-to-back -back wins. Ottawa was the last. It's yeah, Ottawa, which has been like seems like months ago um yeah like this this game was impressive i this i really felt it was a full 60 minute for the canucks they stayed outside the box you know they were dominant and uh for checking as well like they were up in toronto's face every time um just trying to play hard on the four check but uh i think we both owe the canucks apologies because when they were yeah. down two one we were both like oh this game's over <laughs> yeah that's that's how the trend's been the whole year though right so it's good to see that they built confident from confidence from the last game into this one, and it looks like now they're really trying to put up a winning streak here. Well, we got Montreal coming in next week, and uh, it's going to be. Foley, I am already thinking about the Foley. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's stick to this game. Um, so, uh, uh, for first period, Brock scores. Yeah, like. Like, like what a fantastic season he's having 13 goals yeah. to the year um horvat and miller with the assist um a power play, a goal on the power play like you know just absolutely amazing to to see brock just having the kind of year that he's having right now yeah it's amazing to see brock putting up goals like the last time i felt like this was in his rookie season when he was scoring like just amazing goals and and it's good to see that this team is having its core players coming through for the team um, even when the bottom six is not getting the job done at times. Um, but uh, you're playing a team who is just on the road, tired a little bit. You know, they're top on the uh, on the division right now and you're beating them back-to-back -back games. It's impressive. You know, I'm, I'm happy about that. And uh, hopefully Canucks are getting closer to the playoffs. I, I know I said that they're not going to make the playoffs. But as long as they're putting up a winning streak, I think the hope is slowly coming back here. Yeah, yeah. They hopefully they'll be able to prove us wrong. Uh, one thing that stood out to me in tonight's game, um, again, I feel like Jake, solid game, seventeen minutes of ice time. Yeah, he's playing on the top six, so he's getting the chances. We just need to see more from him. I know last game he put up two goals, but like we need to see more consistency with him. I know to to stay in the league, you gotta perform. Not just one game out of the you know the whole league, like the whole season, but you gotta do more than that. But I do feel like he still played a very solid game. Had five five hits in this game. 
you know like um the the goals i don't think jake's ever gonna be uh a consistent goal scorer it's always gonna probably gonna come in, in streaks um one thing we totally forgot to talk about we didn't even mention was uh we had a, a debut in the last game as well for for a player um Michaelis had his played his first game um you know the, the only thing that stands out to me so far is you know it's, he's a rookie he's playing very sheltered minutes but uh, the kid's got speed I like I like the speed that he's bringing. Like I saw it in 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 small small bits and pieces here. Um, um, he brings he brings speed, and the Beagles line played absolutely amazing. I feel like they were that that energy line. Um, God Atlas looking great out there, but they I feel like they played a majority of the time in the offensive zone. Uh, yes, they were even though they were minuses. How do you feel the second period was? Second period, I feel I felt like they were they're deflated. Yeah, uh, I feel like the, even um, last year as well. I feel like the second period has always been that one period that they struggle with. Um, I think the long change may have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously out too long in the second period. Usually, it's just how the trend has been for the Canucks this season. But uh, I just feel I feel like the first period was and the third period was one of their best periods where they actually, you know, they got their power play going and then they started scoring and you know Maple Leafs were ran out of time to come make, make a comeback this is kind of like the team this is the Canucks we want to see in, on on a daily with, with this you know this is this is a good effort this is a hard working team that using their legs you know they only got um like was it one penalty in this game yeah they only had one penalty in this game they've been a lot more uh disciplined yeah um in Bo Horvat with another goal in this game. The great to see that it's starting to come around with him. Um, seems like something something's clicking there. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, like, I don't like with Bo Horvat is that he's scoring not just from that same spot in the power play. He's getting it done with different different ways. You know, I, I, that's what I want to see with Bo Horvat. Tip and yeah. whatnot. Like it's it's that's normally how he gets his his goals. Right. Oh well, JT Miller. His game was today. I feel like JT Miller's starting to play much better now. Um, I feel like the team as a whole is is really they've really bought into the structure. Um, you know, the whole team is starting to the, your best players are being your best players now, and JT Miller is definitely I I don't see him too much um, where he's he's not moving his legs. He is moving his legs now a little bit more, um, but it's good to see that you know we're getting a lot of positives here. But that goal, <laughs> that last goal, yeah, that's <laughs> hot, hot. <laughs> No, I've been yeah. I noticed JT Miller has been more like he's been more defensively in this game. He he's always back checking now. That's what we wanted to see, right? He's always focusing on making sure he's not making the you know a lazy play. And I feel like the energy in this game was good. Canucks had the energy. Doesn't JT Miller kind of give you a little bit of like a Hoglander vibe? In terms of the way he plays, he's hard. JT Miller gives me more of a Kessler vibe. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, he gives me more of a Kessler vibe. Um, you know that the he's not the leader, but he's like that that second the second tier of leadership, like yeah. that energy. He's that energy guy. Yeah. Like when you think of Kessler, what do you think of? You think of um, you know him, you know where he's bombing all those interviews. Like you know the the fun guy on the team. Um, you know, it's when, a team hyped. Gets a team yeah, hyped. Yeah. We saw that in the playoffs yeah, yeah. last year. You know where he's introducing all the players and and, and whatnot. So um, he's not the leader, but he's the one. He's the guy who brings the energy he brings level. 
team together. Yeah. The, and uh, he, you don't see him pouting and you know being frustrated anymore, which is good because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna benefit him. Yeah, he's got more confidence for sure. That goal by Niels Hoglander. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely just wow. Yeah. You're very... Um, I. That, that was like a PD goal. So, did they replace bodies or something? Or I don't know. <laughs> oh, Hoglander's good, man. Like, he's, he's got a good shot. Like, wow. All the what hard work that Hoglander's been doing all this long and getting a goal this game was... Felt good, but like, it was awesome. Like he knew the puck was in. He was celebrating, yeah. but the ref was like, "No goal." Yeah. I'm like, "What?" Everyone who knew that was a goal. Like. Yeah, the Canucks were all celebrating, and then all of a sudden, like, um, you know, it, it looked like uh, the Leafs were going to take the puck the other way, but then they blew the pl- play down because you looked at that replay and you're just like, "Wow!" Like that reminded me of uh, of Petey. So yeah. um, maybe Petey's taking uh, Neils under his his yeah. wing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like what what a what a goal by him, like. Just an absolute ripper. Hmm. And that was the assurance goal that makes the Canucks win 4-2. And now the schedule looks like they're going to be... Just looking at the schedule real quick here. They are going to have a homestand with the Montreal Canadiens on Monday, March 8th. And then March 10th, they're going to be playing Canadiens again. You're going to have Oilers homestand, and then you're going to head to Ottawa. So, How's Toy been playing? Has he been scoring goals recently, or is uh, it- so today, Saturday, he's got a goal. Today, actually, Saturday, March sixth, I think he's on his. I think it's fifteen goals, thirteen goals, something like that. I don't have the number on me right now, but well, it was a it was a high scoring game that yeah. that the Canadians played uh, today. Um, um, Gallagher was just absolutely amazing from yeah uh, stats that so I saw. Montreal's hot right now, and Canucks need to stop Foley and. And keep continuing on what they're doing. I think they're doing they're on the right path right now, I feel like. Do you think that the Canadians are are just playing like this because of the bump that they've gotten since firing Claude Julien? Because um it's normally what happens when you fire a coach. There's a bit of a bump in play. Um, but eventually that starts to to wear off as as well. Or are you still concerned that it's the Canadians and they've just been um just absolute killers? But I'm gonna throw this thought out um, at you. Just one, th- uh, one thought I'm going to throw out to you is yeah. Toronto was killing our butt in the beginning as well. And you see these two games and I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic. What's your take? Uh, good question here, Jazz. You're putting me on the spot here. But uh, I know Canadians, obviously, they change their coach. right? Different different system, maybe. Different mentality. Different voice in the locker room. Uh, maybe that got them more kind of thinking differently in, in playing. But um, I don't know. I'll... I don't know how to answer your question, but uh, I just feel like it's it's obviously Maple Leafs where they had, you know, they lost to today. They lost previous games, but Canucks were playing away when they when they got destroyed by the Leafs. So I think Canucks were more, more comfortable playing at home. Just go back with the Canadians here. The Canadians are, are in the final playoff spot here. And if Canucks can win these two games coming up, Dude, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, that's massive. Uh, Canadians have played some game. They have some games in hand right now. Um, both uh, both teams with with eleven wins. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And, and um, you know, if they if they if they go on a eight nine game win streak, there's there's a chance. If they if they go on a nine and one run or 
you know, there's a, there's a chance, but you have to start stringing together some wins. Uh, you have to start stringing together some wins. Um, and uh, if you're able to, you know, get two uh, against Montreal, it'll, it'll be good. Um, I'm, I'm still taking this week with a grain of salt. Um, you know, we'll see if in the next two games they can they can put this together. I'm still going to be a little bit hopeful. You know, m- mathematically, the chances are very slim. Um, the odds are like, uh, the last time I was checking on this website, like one website has the odds of the Canucks getting into the playoffs right now at 7%. And the other one was was 14 just based on some mathematical formulas that they they run. Um, there's a chance, but it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very difficult. But if they keep playing like this and... Um, it's it's just gonna help them. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's only gonna help them. Yep. The odds definitely are greater now because they beat the best team in the division. But um, does it make I think it- now they'll have that mental belief. Yeah, they'll have that they belief. They have the confidence to play a better game every game now. And uh, it's good to see that you know end of this week we had some hope. Now uh, our prediction was totally wrong. You know, Jazz zero and three, zero, <laughs> zero and four, four <laughs> to. To close it off and um this this team performed better than we were expecting so it's good to see i think we're both happy that they proved us wrong i will never have a problem if i'm if i think they're gonna lose a lose a game and they win and they prove me wrong i have no problem with that yeah um but i based that off of the last couple of games that they had played and because they were losing leads but now they're starting to finish the game strong yeah and, and we've seen them win multiple games um we've seen them now come back in a game where they've uh, even though they scored the first goal yeah but they were they ended up being down uh, they were able to come back um, and i think the leafs were like 13 and 1 when they are leading into the third period yeah well now make that 13 and 2 and you yeah. can thank the connects of increasing that yeah. um but it was it was a it's been a good week, and and now what I want to see is I want to see the Canucks be down one nothing, not score the first goal, mm. and come back. Yeah, because we're gonna need to win some of those games as well. Like yeah. the Canucks aren't, aren't always gonna score first, um, but hey, if they score the first goal from now on till the end of the season, they're gonna give themselves a good chance to to win those games. And uh, with Thatcher Demko getting into the zone now, you know it's possible. anything's possible. You have half the season coming now here and we're looking at a team who if they continue this run you know we, we never know you know this we never had the situation before and this team any even Ottawa can be coming back and make the playoffs like every game is so crucial that you can have a playoff team you come back here and that's that's what the thing is I feel more confident that Canucks are playing better now and not just because all the games are divisional yeah, right? uh, yeah exactly and they're not relying on their main players to come through you know we see Patterson going down we're not sure when he's coming back you know hopefully it's soon they're not, they're not giving us that much information on what's going on with them but uh, it's day to day right now I believe right? at least our, te- our other players are stepping up you got Besser stepping up and Miller you know so we're going to see what happens in the upcoming week here and uh, looking forward to it well, I think that's uh, covered quite a bit in this episode. Um, this week was a lot more fun to cover. Um, it's good to... We like covering games when they're winning, right? And they're playing much better. Like, um, It makes the podcast even more fun for us. Yeah. Um, you but t- yeah. Yeah, you could tell that we were more like more jolly and we're joking around now that they're winning. When they're losing, how depressed do we get on the podcast? <laughs> you get too well, serious. Too serious. 
we're swearing, we're pissed off, we're angry. Um, but hey, that's like that's it's emotions, right? Like you're gonna you gotta say what you feel. Um, and like this pot this podcast is a podcast that's made by fans. Like we um, we watch hockey, we love hockey, but at the end of the day, we're 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 fans. We're fans of this team, so we're emotionally invested as well. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot more fun doing this podcast when 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 they're winning, and and I'm excited to see where this. Uh, week takes us you know and and what that forward momentum is um how about yourself damn i have nothing else to say i think i think i talk about everything uh i just wanted to ask you one last question though oh. uh when did you lose your virginity <laughs> what the fuck? are you kidding i think we're done <laughs> okay all right so we'll wrap it up for this week um and we will see you guys all back here again and hopefully you guys will join us next week as well and this one this one was a lot of fun to do um next week like Gravier said earlier we're playing games against the canadians and then uh we got one game against edmonton as well so the edmonton game is on on saturday um so we'll see how this week goes and and uh, hopefully we're able to you know maybe maybe be two and three this week and start climb back into a playoff yep. spot that would be absolutely fun um but we'll end this off and thanks for listening guys we appreciate all the support as always follow us on instagram and twitter at Nuxcast Nation, and we will see you next week. Peace. Someone did you lose your identity? <laughs> oh, excuse me, please stop it. Don't say that. Come on, baby.